Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Queers at Play. I'm your host for this week, Mark, and I am joined, as always, by Graham. Hello. And Ruben. Hi all, hello. So, we've had a slightly bigger gap than usual between our recordings of this episode and the previous episode, but it's worked in our favour because this week we've had a brand new Pokemon Presents to talk about. And I can't imagine that there are a few people more excited about this than Graham. Yay! I am very excited. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen Corsola yet, so <sighs> I think your excitement is still tempered. It's tempered. I don't <laughs> I don't think she's going to make the cut. She's a big part of Sword and Shield, so I don't think it's going to be there this time. It's fine. I'll deal with it. I've seen Girafferig. That's That's made me happy. And Ruben has, of course, got uh, Arcanine. Yeah. So it's clocked that in the trailer, didn't I? Straight in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the Pokemon Presents gave us a whole bevy of new information about uh, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Uh, so they've f- confirmed a fully open world game. Um Including three main quest lines. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, one of which. Sorry, I was going to say one of which uh, is the sort of traditional gym-based progression. But they've they did announce that you can tackle the gyms in any order you like, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I have. I think I read maybe it was on the website or something, or somebody's confirmed that it's not like level scaling or anything like that. So. You can tackle in any order you like, but if you're feeling the levels are going to be set, so that you may go to one. That's interesting. That because that that was going to be a question I was going to ask actually was whether they were going to do anything interesting with level scaling because yeah, I think if it's, you can do these gyms in whatever order you like, it's going to make some of them way too easy if you do them in the wrong order. Yeah, I th- I think it'll just be you go to somewhere and you get your ass handed to you, um, and then you realise you can't do it. But you're right though. If you don't do a gym for ages, and then you it ends up being too easy when you get to it. I don't know. I'm not sure how it's going to work. It'll be kind of strange. Maybe this. That sounds. That sounds very similar to um, the four lords in Dark Souls, because they were. You could tackle them in any order. So if you tackled them in the quote unquote incorrect order, you trounced a couple of them. So. But I guess it means that there's probably a right order and they'll probably gently steer you towards the right order. I think so, yeah. Um, you know, uh, but if you wanted to to go off and do whatever you like, then they're not going to stop you either, which is quite nice. And I, I got the feeling from what they were talking about in, in the presents as well, that they were kind of hinting that the one of the other two storylines was to do with some kind of treasure hunt. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how much... I wonder if like they're saying, oh, there's three storylines, but I mean, you could probably say that about most other Pokemon games. You could probably say that one of the storylines is beating the gym leaders, then the other story is taking down the the main um, bad team in the game, and then the other story's a challenge at the end or something. So I wonder if they're just kind of making it sound more than it is. It sounds interesting, there have been three completely separate stories, but I think that kind of already exists in most games anyway, so... It'll be interesting to see yeah, what actually happens. Yeah, it's just that they're making it uh, sort of 
tackleable in any order you choose rather than a fixed yeah. progression that the previous games have forced you down, essentially, other than sort of the occasional bit where you can choose to go down one or two different routes. Yep, definitely. <clears throat> I mean the other um, option the other option is that because they're being really specific about there being these three story quests, maybe there is literally just three different story quests. Of which I really hope one of them is just catching shit. Like yeah. like Arceus. I would love just to be able to do Arceus again, just with different Pokemon and less research criteria because that got a bit frustrating and repetitive but i'll be i'll be honest i played about two hours of arceus and I'll, already i'm feeling like the research tasks are just pointless busy work and i'm done with it <laughs> whereas i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i just like oh i don't want to catch this same pokemon 15 times just let me catch it and move on i think more often than not just through normal gameplay you tend you often tended to tick off most of these research things anyway without even really trying so it, it wasn't so bad, but a lot of them were a bit silly. I mean, I'm probably going to go back to it, but I, I'm probably not going to complete all of the research tasks. I'm surprised we never got DLC in us for it. That was a surprise, yeah. actually. Maybe they just felt it was a complete experience and yeah. Didn't need to add anything to it, I don't know. Um, yeah, so they expanded a little bit more also on the online four-player co-op. Um, sounds like you can, again, freely explore the open world with your with up to three friends, which is quite a nice addition to the formula. On the back of that lot. Yeah, on the back of your legendary as well, which is unusual because it seems like obviously the legendary is a way to effectively be done with eight gems, which I know they've been done with for a couple of generations now, but this is like the new way of travelling about and flying and whatnot. Um, but I would imagine they're going to give that to you pretty early on in the game, which seems yeah. completely different for for most like box legendaries that you get in it. So I wonder if there's another like big main legendary that you have to actually catch at the end. Some hidden one. Or maybe their combat abilities are tempered or not available until you do something in one of the storylines maybe yeah because that's the thing. maybe that is one of the storylines actually is kind of unlocking the potential of your legendary because that's a that's an unusual thing about it like you're obviously given this legendary pokemon fairly early on but like can you actually use it in a battle early on or is it literally just a vehicle and that's kind of it Well, I guess we will we will find out in November. Um, I suppose the other thing, the other kind of the other two major things that we announced. So the first is they've given the region a name, which is Paldea or Paldea, um, and they announced a couple of new Pokemon, including a regional form of Wooper uh, and a, another new Doggo Pokemon for Ruben called Fido. We'd all die for Fido fairy type as well so i'm very close to getting potentially an entirely doggo team that has different types and a good mix of types mm. of doggos um and i'm not i'm not sure how to pronounce Cititan, the ice whale is it Cititan? yeah i'd say so 
I think ev- uh, everyone's fallen for Fido though. They seem to have this knack every time they release a trailer. It was the same with Sword and Shield when you had like Wulu and stuff like that. They just have this knack yeah. for creating this one little Pokemon that the internet just absolutely latches onto. Latches onto. I mean, they'd already latched onto Lechonk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've got Fido. Um, and I guess the the other final big announcement was the. Uh, was this game's uh, sort of combat upgrade mechanic, uh, terrestrialization, which is so a, a bit of a daft word. Like, the fuck to say? <laughs> it's not. It's not the easiest. Word. It doesn't no. roll off the tongue. But uh, yeah, so you give your Pokemon a crystal-like coating, and it seems like there's a possibility that it can change the type of your Pokemon as well, which is interesting. They get a big chandelier on their head, like Sia. Exactly. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so not sold on this mechanic yet. Um, I'll have to see because I, I don't appreciate the fact they threw out Megas so early because I thought Mega Evolution was great. Yeah. Um, and then they replaced it with Gigantamaxing, which then they once again just threw out straight away. And I'm just like, just settle on something. And the thing is, I, I think ca- counterpoint to this, they haven't thrown out anything. They're all essentially the same fucking mechanic. It's all just a way of powering up your Pokemon. They just give it a different name and a different visual flair in each in each one. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's just here is a mechanic to power up a Pokemon, and this is yeah, they are very a, new, a new name. It's very similar. I can certainly see why they got rid of Mega Evolutions, because obviously that basically was very limited in terms of, if I'm right in saying, it only worked on certain Pokemon types because they had to design a whole new evolution for each of those. Yeah. So I can see why they ditched that, because it was quite limited in what Pokemon you could use it on. So they... I've obviously replaced it with more generic-ish mechanics so that they can apply it to pretty much every Pokemon in the game without too much effort. So I kind of see why they've gone down that road. Yeah. And, you know, it's fine. I just need to see how it'll work in battle. Like It it looks a bit odd right now, but I wasn't really sold on Dynamaxing and Sword and Shield at all. I hated it until I started playing online. And then once you started playing online and you used it competitively, it was actually quite strategic and you could use it quite well. Um, mm-hmm. So it does look a bit daft, um, but if it works well in battle, then I don't think it mind. I think it'll be pretty cool. And they're adding it into the new raid battles as well, um, which looks pretty cool. So the raid battles are kind of similar to what you've got in Sword and Shield. Um, so it's just four of you attacking this one terrestrialized, whatever it's called, Pokemon. Um, but the interesting thing about I- that is you don't have to wait for your teammates to attack. It's not. Yeah, I read that. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're making kind of an asynchronous, a bit like Pokemon Go, where everybody just attacks at the exactly. same time. Which is pretty cool because raid battles in Sword and Shield just took forever. They were just so so slow. So it's pretty cool that they actually because just because you had to wait for everybody else in the team to have a go. Definitely, yeah. So they've obviously they've obviously learned a little something from Pokemon Go there. I think. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, I mean, there were a few other bits and pieces in the Pokemon Presents around uh, Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Go and stuff, but they were the kind of, the main headlines were really focused around 
uh, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I, I would like to point something. Oh, sorry, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think whenever we get any kind of Pokemon presents now, you're, we're going to expect all these mobile games to make an appearance throughout because they're just constantly getting updated. Yeah. Ruben? This being said, <laughs> the more I see it, the more tempted I am to play Cafe Mix. Really? To be honest, I'm surprised you haven't already. But each Pokemon Presents where they show more of it, I'm like, this does kind of look like the game I would play. Is cooking for me? I mean, you are... What sold it for you? Yeah. (laughs) You are one of only like four people that played the the toothbrushing Pokemon game. I fucking loved the toothbrushing Pokemon game. (laughs) Do you know, know, see for kid, my, my friend used that with his daughter. And she absolutely adored it. She thought it was great. So they sat and actually brushed their teeth together every night. And it, it seemed like it worked for that demographic. I really... I, I, I'm not that demographic and it still really worked. <laughs> did, um, it, did it get you brushing your teeth through them? It did. It, it well, really did. Um, and... Oh. I loved that, the Pokemon brushing teeth thing. But yeah, I'll probably end up playing Cafe Mix now. Because, yeah, just watching, the more the more I see gameplay of it, the more I'm like, you know what, I should probably... Give it a go. Yeah. I mean, it is free to play, right? Yeah. I mean, what have you got, what have you got to lose other Nothing. than a bit of time? But yeah, I think that that's it for the, uh, the Pokemon Presents. Um, on to some other news then. So... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sony dropped a bit of news about the upcoming PSVR 2. Um, notably, they have added, or they've they've re- revealed that they've added functionality for things like pass-through mode, for setting up play spaces, um, cinematic and VR mode, uh, kind of, I guess, bringing it a lot more in line with other uh, VR offerings like the oculus quest which has offered these this kind of functionality for quite a while now but it sounds like it's going to be a very interesting experience for anybody that is interested in a psvr i think i might you know um i wasn't going to but when they announced the resident evil village thing for psvr (laughs) 2 i was like you know what i could play Resident Evil Village in VR. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised that you would, but I can't I can't imagine the uh House Benevenito bit is gonna be fun in VR. But having already played the game, you kinda of know what to expect, so that takes away some of the impact. Oh, it doesn't. I played the game through <laughs> twice and Beneviento is just as bad the second time. Um But I think more mostly I'm actually looking forward to playing village again in third person in october i'm yeah. really looking forward to that um i think the other the other thing they announced actually was um a uh, broadcasting streaming mode that works in tandem with the hd camera to overlay you while you're playing psvr which is quite cool for anybody that's streaming perhaps we could see you streaming resident evil village in vr maybe i mean there's other games coming to psvr too as well isn't there Oh yeah, like yeah. the the Horizon experience, and yeah, um, I'm sure there's others that I've forgotten already. 
Um, I I would be very surprised if at some point they didn't announce Half Life Alex for PSVR two. It just seems a good fit. I well, and then maybe I might play it more rather than getting scared. <laughs> you didn't even get to a single enemy, but it has atmosphere, Mark. <laughs> Ugh, you're gonna be the death of me. You really are. You love it. Do we know what the price of VR two is yet? No, they've not announced price or release date yet. Because that worries Uh, me. I did read an interesting article that was sort of comparing various uh, VR headsets and capabilities in order to kind of guesstimate that. the PSVR 2 would come in somewhere around the $450 mark, but oh. who knows, you know, if they want to launch it as a loss leader, it might come a bit less than that. Uh, but that's probably a fair estimate. That would be something if it ended up more than the actual console itself. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well, that's the same price as a console, right? $450? Oh, is it? Which I think kind of was what the original PSVR was when that came out was like about the same price as PS4, I think. Um, sad news: Knights of the Old Republic remake is on indefinite hold. I was very disappointed about this. The moment I heard this news, I was like, I had, I had a little cry. Mark is going to be very upset. Um, <laughs> Oh, the original is such a good game, though. I I think I might have it, and I've just not played it. I think I have it on Steam. Oh, you should definitely give it a go if you get a chance. I mean, it's basically Star Wars based on the D&D rule set. What's not to love? That's a pretty good selling point. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like I don't know if they've run into sort of difficulties with the development, but uh, apparently the developer abruptly fired two directors this month and told staff that the project is on pause while it tries to figure out what comes next. Uh, who's, uh, who's the dev? Uh, Asper. So I believe they previously handled the ports of other the pre so the original two Knights of the Old Republic games that were ported to various other systems recently. I believe they handled those ports, amongst other things. And this is, I believe, like their first big from scratch development. It's a bit of a concern firing two directors, isn't it? Yeah. That does raise a couple of the old red flags. Yeah, I don't know that there was any more detail than that uh mostly because the article uh was written by oh no it's not anymore i thought it was behind a paywall but it was behind a paywall at one point um so yeah sad times sad times well Um, i might play my steam version then (laughs) yeah i mean it doesn't i i I get the feeling when it was announced, it was quite early on, so I don't think the remake was coming anytime soon anyway. <laughs> oh, um, another Metroid Prime Bayonetta 3 situation. Yeah. Starfield. Star, uh, yeah, I reckon 2024 earliest for that, if it still happens. 
Um, in other news to make Ruben happy, Fuga 2 has been announced. Or as I initially wrote in our notes, Fuga 3, thinking that it had done some kind of uh, goat simulator nonsense. Well, they you say that, but they did announce with the with the details about Fuga 2 that they that it's a planned trilogy. Okay, so there will be a Fuga there 3. There will be a Fuga but, 3. But that wasn't specifically what was announced. No. Um well, anyone anyone who's spoken to me at any point in the last like year and a half would know that I fucking love the first Fuga. Um um Fuga Melodies of Steel and this one, the only details we really have is that it's coming next year and it's set a year after the best ending you could get in okay. the first Fuga. So that was... Have you, have you finished the first Fuga yet? Yes, with all of the children <laughs> survived. So that means is, I've seen... Is that the, the best ending? The say, ending is that the best ending? Yeah. yeah. Um, all the children surviving is the best ending. Okay, that makes sense. Because I guess if they went down the the ending where all of the children were dead, that would be... Difficult to do a follow-on. <laughs> yeah, different characters, um, but they've they've like revealed that the character it's, it's one year on, so the characters are obviously a little bit older, slightly have slight redesigns, but not too much because it's been a year. Yeah. Um, and it does appear that there's there's a second tank now. Okay. Um, so that's quite that, that's quite interesting too. But I'm just I'm just I. I just I need it, Mark. I need I, it. I, I need it immediately. I yeah. I need I need Fuga two. When's it coming? Um, oh, you don't have next year, is it? Yes. Yeah, twenty twenty three. I don't suppose they gave a a window within twenty twenty three, did they? No, it was just twenty twenty three. Okay, so it'll be like October twenty twenty three then, because if it was earlier, they'd be a bit more certain about it. Mm. Um, I would have thought. But like, I'm really looking forward to like they. It sounds like they've. Uh, they've resolved some of the problems I had with Fuga. They've made it a little bit more, um, uh, they've added kind of events to it so you can change the story as you go, which is quite a cool idea rather than it relying on um, very stilted events to change the direction of the story. Um, So that's quite cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just, I just want to jump back in the Tyrannus with those kids again. That was it. Was a genuinely, genuinely good strategy game, um, and yeah, I need to. I, I just need the sequel. I might play through the first one again. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Talking of uh, talking of strategy games, though, and I'm going to pull this completely out of nowhere because it's not in our episode notes. But I noticed I, I, talking of strategy games, it just reminded me that I believe there was an announcement of a a remake or a remaster of one of the Tactics Ogre games coming. Is that right? Yeah. Anybody... Coming in November. Sudden announcement from Square Enix today at time of recording. They're just announcing so I feel that things is... recently, aren't they? Mm. Again, it looks like it's using the 2D HD engine, perhaps, from what I could tell, but... Yeah, I think I, it, it does look like it is, but they have it, but it doesn't seem that they're foregrounding that, so it probably isn't, because they... Because okay. whenever something has that that graphics engine they're just like it has this um and it i don't recall that being mentioned with tactics ogre they have refined a lot of the sprites though it looks like from the screenshots um 
But also they've announced the release date of Harvestella as well, which is also in November. Like Square Enix's second half of this year is looking stacked. You are going to have a busy November, Ruben. I am. Because are you I, in I, mean, I, don't know whether, I don't know whether... I don't know whether Tactics Ogre is your kind of game, but certainly Harvestella is mm. on your list. Yeah. Um, I'm actually just having a very quick look, and it does look like this is more of an HD upgrade rather than a remake in the 2D HD engine. Mm. But still, if it's your kind of game, very exciting news. Oh, it's just such a square Enix, man. The last couple of years for them have just been ridiculous, eh? Yeah. I mean, like, just then just before gone. the end of this year, we've got, like, six games from them, I think. That is going to keep you busy. Single-handedly funding Square Enix, Ruben. Unfortunately so. Even this bloody... European online store. <laughs> Catnip for Ruben. Mm. Um, another bit of news that's popped up in the last couple of weeks is around Rockstar Games. So um, it recently came to light that Rockstar have spent the last four years completely overhauling their company culture to make it more inclusive and diverse, which is very nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Um but as you can imagine, gamers TM have been outcrying that this means that the new GTA will be too woke because it features a female lead. A yeah, female like, well, Latina lead. Yes. <laughs> Somebody better tell pe- these people that women actually exist, eh? It's, it's... Well, they've never seen one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they came out of one and that was it. That was their entire experience. <laughs> oh, just... And the thing is, it was so predictable as well. The moment this news oh, came, of course it was. The moment this news came out, I was like, I don't even need to look at the comments to know. I don't even need to. I'm going to because it's going to be funny, but I don't. What need do you mean? To. This company is no longer a complete arsehole to its staff and everybody that is associated with them. That means that then games are going to be shit. What is it? What even is that logic? I know it's not logic. That's the point. Um, and it's just like, sure, this this company. Uh, I think my favourite one was someone just replied some with, I, I think, don't hold me to this, but I think they had an anime profile picture as well, which just makes it even funnier. Um, but they just replied with, Rockstar is dead. <laughs> That's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not like they haven't had like the most successful money printing online game of the last 10 years, nor have they even really released any new games because they've just re-released the last GTA and it's been one of the highest selling games on the last three console generations. Yeah. Like... Plus also, you know, releasing a fucking online casino that literally prints the money. Um, then, Rocks, there's no way Rockstar are dead and there's no way that these people are going to boycott it like they say they are. Of They're so. going to buy the no. new GTA. Just... Just like they bought. And also, the <sighs> thing is, yes, there's yes, there's a female lead, Latina lead. But if it's anything like the last kind of at least couple of GTA games, there's there's more than one lead. She's probably just one of the leads, and undoubtedly one of the other leads will be a white male. I'm sure they'll. I'm that's sure all, they'll that's all they need. They only need one woman. They or they only need one person of a minority of any description in order for 
them to consider Rockstar's now woke. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it was the fact that they were t- they were calling it Grand Woke Auto. I'm like, that's not even a good pun. Like, at least, no, at least call them Woke Star or something. Like, that's just shit. Woke Star, that's You can't even do that right. I mean, they're, oh, not, they sh- they're not the most creative of people, let's be frank, are no. they? I would love it, though, if Rockstar renamed themselves to Woke Star in, in retaliation to this. Or oh, that, that there was like, so funny. Even just that there was, like, logos placed around the world when you play GTA 6 that just took uh-huh. the piss out of it entirely. Um, but moving on from a company that has improved itself uh, to Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard, who are both still shit, and nobody is surprised. No, um, so on the Activision Blizzard side, apparently they have been accused of union busting. Um, I'm guessing this is around QA staff, as it tends to be. Uh, all I remember is that it's to do it. It's the it's the dev team that's dealing with Diablo Four, right? That is affected because they're the ones that have accused the company of it. Um. Uh. Because it's a um, it's a. a Essentially what's happening is, and it happened before with the previous um, attempt, Activision Blizzard are trying to stop the unions before they form, which is patently fucking illegal, but they're doing it anyway. And it's... um, uh, Blizzard Albany. Blizzard Albany. Yeah, the Diablo 4 um, that are currently trying to form a second a second union within Activision Blizzard King. Um, but Activision Blizzard have hired the union busting form Reed Smith again um, to deal with them. Because um, they, I think they, uh, so I'm just looking it up now. Uh, they formed or trying to form the Albany Game Workers Alliance. Uh, that's trying to get better pay, healthcare, and better work-life balance. Which, in all fairness, that all sounds like reasonable. I feel like this is all things that they deserve. It's completely reasonable. what everybody deserves, yes. Um, I will say that Microsoft have previously announced that should the purchase of Activision Blizzard go through, that they will not engage in any union-busting behaviour. Now, obviously... It's to be seen whether or not that actually happens, but at least they've said it. And, you know, in reality, there is nothing they can do until the purchase goes through. But we can only hope that that improves the situation. I guess they they did need to say that, particularly for anybody that works at Activision Blizzard, to know that that, that Microsoft will hopefully look after them. I really hope so, because the staff at Activision Blizzard King have been through the fucking ringer. Um, and Ubisoft, um, so on that side, I believe uh, that the Better Ubisoft organisation have said that another year has passed and a better U- and uh, we're saying that once again, nothing has been done. Nope. None of Yves Guimau's promises to improve the company have actually borne 
any sort of result. And no one was surprised this day. Ubisoft are a organization that houses and protects known sexual abusers, and they are doing nothing to resolve that. Um, I'm so, not sure they ever will, they do. No, they won't. And the reason they won't is because the Gimos are at the top of the food chain there. Even his son are the are pretty much at the top of where you can get in that company. So, and until you, it's it's the same as with Bobby Kotick and with stuff like that. Uh, Andrew Ryan as well uh, at EA. Unless you get rid of the people that very clearly oversaw the toxic behaviors in their companies, you're not going to get rid of it. You need to scorch that shit out. Otherwise, it's not going anywhere. Yep, definitely. Um, ending though our our other news section Nintendo have released and announced the second wave of the Mario Kart DLC which includes for the first time a previously unreleased track which if I remember rightly when they originally announced this huge wave of new DLC tracks they they said they were all going to be remastered and yep uh, legacy track, so it's interesting that they have actually got an increased included a brand new track this time around. Yeah, it's a complete yeah. surprise, and it's, it makes it more exciting to look at what's coming up next. Um, just launched today, I think I've not had a chance to play any of it, but there's some good tracks, some good older tracks. I'll be honest, there. I haven't I haven't played the first wave yet either. Oh, right. <laughs> the first wave, the first wave is good. Ninja um... Hideaway. Ninja Hideaway and the the Paris one that I can't remember the name of is a phenomenal track. Um, makes me really gutted that that was previously on tour. Yeah. Um, well, now, well, now it's accessible to more people. Yeah, true. Um, but there's um, there's some gems in this set of eight though, Why like Calamari Desert. Calamari Desert. Yeah. Yeah. Why I, would you pin yeah, it? I love that one from classic N sixty four tracks. Yeah. Um, Mushroom Gorge as well. Um, I know that a lot of people aren't a big fan of a lot of the ones from Mario Kart Wii, but I fucking loved Mario Kart Wii's tracks. Um, like I was, it, I was over the moon at Coconut Mall. Returning. Have you seen they've updated Coconut Mall today as well? So the cars at yeah, the they, end of the track don't aren't just static anymore. They actually spin in circles. They do donuts, which I don't think they even did on the, the Wii version. They just moved back and forth. Yeah, they just went backwards and forwards, so they've actually made it a worse gambit trying yeah. to get through that that last stretch. Um, and obviously, Sky High Sunday, the new track, looks great. It does. Um, I think they announced that is coming to Mario Kart Tour, didn't they say? Oh, is it? I don't think I've seen that, but yeah, they may as well chuck it in there. I'm sure they said that it was. They seem to be using all the assets from tour anyway because it, it's quite obvious that the the courses don't actually look as good as Mario Kart 8, the standard courses. Um, I think they're probably just porting things from tour. So yeah. I guess it, I mean, it doesn't have... really matter though so long as as long as they still are fun to play oh, yeah. Mario Kart tracks. Definitely. So it, it'll probably make it easier to port that new one back down to, to tour again. And also they're just more Mario Kart is, is great. Honestly, it's good Mario Kart. Yeah, I mean Mario Kart Eight was hands down one of the my most played games on the Wii U, like mm-hmm. 
yeah. beyond any shadow, only possibly being rivaled by Smash. Um, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is in my top 10 most played games by playtime on Switch. So that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love a good bit of Mario Kart. I just, for some reason, have not got round to playing the new tracks yet. I think it'll be cool when absolutely everything's launched. And you'll know. That is a lot of tracks. Like that is an 90, insane amount 96 of tracks. tracks is just ridiculous. Really. It's, as, it's nearly it's, it's as many tracks in Mario Kart as there were players in Smash Ultimate. It's almost as much as there are stages in Smash as well. It's crazy how many there are. <laughs> It'll be fun to just do a big, I mean, it might take days, but like a big massive tournament just with every single track. Just, yeah, play every single track once and see who wins at the end. Yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, that would, that would be like an entire day's oh, worth. Totally I mean, you can do a 48. Yeah. You can already do a 48 track. Have they updated that, actually? I've not seen. They should be updating it as they go along and just allowing you to do like just a 56. Just go up and up and up and up. Yeah. I hope they do that. I haven't noticed though. That'd be great, um, and it does take hours. I can I can tell you that because me and my friends did do the forty eight one after all the DLC was launched on Wii U, wow. and it took hours it to get really through all does. those tracks. Yeah. Did you win though? No. Oh. I think I came second overall, okay. which isn't bad. That's that's a good showing. Out of four people. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy about this, and for them to basically shadow drop it as well because they just announced it a few days before it was launched. Great, yeah. fantastic, yeah, good job, Nintendo. Well, that's it for uh, news in this episode. Uh, so we will end as always with Game Pass Gamble. Yeah. Anybody that doesn't remember, uh, last episode, it was my turn to choose a game. And I went with Ruben's choice of Death's Door. <sighs> so... And that was a sigh. <laughs> oh. I... I... I gotta be honest, I did not love my time with Death's Door. I didn't either. Uh, so, I didn't, I, I didn't know a huge amount about what to expect going into it, other than it was a sort of Zelda-esque isometric adventure game. Um, but what I kind of really discovered upon playing it is that you sort of made me play isometric, um demon souls with a crow (laughs) (laughs) except it was just i just found it so incredibly frustrating because there's an idea that you can upgrade your combat abilities by spending the souls that you get from killing the enemies but the enemies don't give you enough souls to make it 
feel like a, it's a feasible way of powering up your character. Like it takes 400 souls to level up the first time and each character only gives you, each enemy you kill only gives you like two souls. So if you get to a boss like I did, uh, I can't remember. Like even the first boss is quite hard, but like the second, I got, which, the well I say the first boss because the first boss really is the very first enemy that you encounter in the game, which is not a great start. Um <laughs> But the sort of first boss after that, if you find yourself stuck on that boss unable to kill it, it it becomes such a chore to sort of grind to get enough souls to power yourself up even a little bit. And I just found it just unrelentingly difficult. <laughs> yep. Those are the reasons I didn't fall in love with it either. And I know everybody really did, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh in terms of I so I got I got to the end of the have you i assume you've played it quite a lot ruben or finished it even maybe yeah i finished it so i got to the end of the first major dungeon which was the uh the pottery lady's house yeah <laughs> and i just i just gave up at that point i was like no this is I'm not having a good time. <laughs> Did you not even beat the 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 witch at the end? That no, one? no, I didn't even manage to beat the witch. I'll I'll be honest. When I was playing it, I was not at my best because I was suffering with COVID, and that may have a little bit had an impact on the way that I was feeling in myself and about the game. <laughs> but. I don't think it was for me. I gave it. I gave it a good four or five hours, and I that was just enough. I just. I just couldn't. I couldn't face it again. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Why are you sorry? I mean, I. I. <laughs> I, I, I chose that game because I. I really enjoyed it personally, um, and I saw it more of a, more of a Zelda than as a kind of. Souls like. Um, yeah, everyone. I mean, loved I, it and I was... see. I went. I went into it wanting to like it, and I'd heard a lot of Same. good things about it. But I just kind of I thought, just, what am just... I missing here? Why am I not liking this? I just found it very frustrating and not particularly fun for me. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was <laughs> that was a relatively unsuccessful Game Pass gamble, um, which is which is. Which is a, which is a shame. After uh, Graham, you enjoyed um, Flynn quite a lot, yeah. And uh, despite your seemingly negative reaction, Ruben, you're still in fact playing Prey. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> um, so fingers crossed. My next choice uh, is is something I enjoy more. Uh, but yes, so it's now Graham's turn once again. Graham, part, Graham, Graham. Part of me hope because I did really enjoy the last one. That I kind of hope I get one that I just absolutely hate, just because it's <laughs> it's funny to play games that you can't stand. Um, well, so who would you like to pick, my game or Ruben's game? I think I chose Ruben's game the last time, so I'm going to go for you, Mark. Okay. Well, 
I actually think you're really going to like the game that I've picked for you. Um, I have picked The Gunk, which is a first-person 3D Metroidvania-esque game from the makers of Steampunk Dig. Steampunk Dig. Oh, Steampunk Dig. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And I've been meaning to play this game for such a long time because I love the guys that make the SteamWorld games. Um, And this is a... This is quite a bit different to what they usually do with it because I, I don't know of any other 3D games that they've made before. I believe it's the first ever 3D game. Yeah, so it's been on my list, so I am going to stick with the gunk. Uh, question is, what game did you miss out on by not choosing Reuben? My selection was Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh... I would have liked to play that. I think I've made the right choice, but I would have liked to play Boyfriend Dungeon. Well, you still have a chance to play it on your own until the 15th of August, but not part of Game Pass Gamble. But yes, uh, listen in for the next episode where we will hear exactly what it is that uh, Graham thinks about the gunk. I will say, I've played it, and I loved it. I think it's not I'll... the longest game in the world. Oh, that's great for um, me. I think I'll like it. Uh, I think it took me... certainly took me no more than like 10 hours at an absolute maximum, but I think it was less than that even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was episode four of season three of Quiz at Play. We finally um, got one below an hour. Finally, I mean, we could we could keep going for another fifteen minutes, but um, forty five minutes was our original aim for episodes this season. We so did it. We're pretty much bang on. Look at us go! It's called growth. That's what that is. Well done, us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you again in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.